I wanted to get married, and I feel like our culture often convinces people that we get married to make us happy. You know, you find somebody that makes you happy, and you guys get married and live happily ever after. Except that during that trip, I realized, like, I have had happiness during our marriage. Lots of, lots of moments of happiness, lots of moments of joy, but that really isn't the point of it. And like I would say, the point of it is more that, that, that shared journey of being known and knowing someone. Welcome to 242, a podcast of the Buffalo Vineyard Church, where we talk about things that matter to our lives as followers of the way of King Jesus. Today, I am talking with my beautiful, wise wife, Tammy Shank, and uh, we talk about marriage, or we talk about some of the lessons we've learned and experiences we've had in our life together, um, some of the things we fight about, some of the things that have been hard, also some of the things that have been good. I hope you enjoy. So we're talking about marriage, and we're married. Yes, we are. <laughs> That's good. Uh, it's important to have that one figured out. We didn't really figure out where to start. Do you want to start with what you were just talking about, like the the trip we took and some of the reflections you had about marriage from that? Yeah. So one of the big reflections I had was that I'm glad I married you. <laughs> so glad I came away from our trip with that wisdom or That's appreciation. Good. We spent a couple of weeks together. Was it two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks together alone on the road. I guess we saw other people, but not really. And one of the things you came away with is that you're happy that you married me. Yeah. It's good. That yeah. I, I that was never in doubt for me, though. Aw. I've, I've always known that I married up, so, you know, I don't have to ask that question. Right. Well, anyway, onward. Um, yeah. So I think... One of the things that stuck out to me specifically when we were hiking one day was just we hiked differently. And like <laughs> when we hiked that first day with Kyle and Kristen and I was a bit frustrated with you because you hiked up ahead, like you just kept going, going, going and you had the water. <laughs> so that part was You exciting. never told me you were frustrated with me. Oh, I totally was. Oh. But then like, like, hey, Steve. If you could just stop every once in a while so that I can get some water, that'd be great. Or give me the backpack. But then the next day when we hiked Angel's Landing, just really like realizing that for you, like the part of hiking that you enjoy is the go, 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 go all the way up. And just that I kind of like to walk and look and listen to the birds and look at the vistas and appreciate for me, it's like a slower thing to like appreciate and take it all in. And so, yeah, just the realization that after the first day when I asked you to wait every once in a while with the water, like that's what happened is like, you know, you would go, 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 and I would lose you. And I'm like dawdling and looking and appreciating. But then you would stop and you had the water and you carried the backpack and yeah, just the in marriage, you're, you're, you're really, you can be really different. And you and I are very different in how we approached hiking and you can get really ticked off by that, or you can appreciate that differentness in each other, recognize it for what it is. You're not trying to be a jerk. You just have a different way of doing it than I do. Um, and as long as we can like 
come together and kind of discuss that without offending each other or, um, I don't know, like work on that, then we can actually both be happy. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, you probably didn't have that much reflection about it, but. Mm, a little bit. I mean, so I did notice that you weren't moving as <laughs> fast as fast I was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could she just hurry? Up? No, I, w- I didn't, bo- I wasn't bothered by it. <clears throat> And I mean, so I would happily go on a walk with you through beautiful scenery and dawdle and look, but to go on like a five mile hike where it's like five miles straight up, I'm not going to dawdle. We're going to do this. Yeah. (laughs) So it would have had to have been a lot easier. Like there were some of those paths along the river, like those are, those are paths that I could have dawdled. Doddled. We could have held hands. And I would say I, w- I didn't feel dawdling. I was just not going to run up a mountain. I was going to walk. Well, so this is, I was thinking about our, our differences in temper- temperament mm-hmm. and how it's easy to think of us as like on opposite ends of the extremes. But, but the reality is that that's not what we are. <laughs> I'm the one with like extreme personalities and you're kind of in the middle on a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and that's probably true of pace as well. You're probably normal. <laughs> there we go. I love it. <laughs> I'm the weird one. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, that's cool. Well, so what, um, I don't know, what are some other ways that you and I are different? I mean, we could talk about the big five personality stuff or Enneagram or whatever, but. Yeah, you know all that better than I do. <laughs> that's the one of the ways five. we're different. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. Well, so how about agreeableness? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a place where we're different? We're a little bit different there. Yeah. Yeah. How so? Well, the way I see myself is I see myself as pretty agreeable. Yes. Uh, How do you see me? Uh, so you do have an agreeable, it's not agreeableness. There's there's an easygoingness to you, hmm. but it's it's not for the sake of agreeing. Yeah. It's just part of who you are. Well, so on the big five scale, what, what, what you're talking about is actually openness. Like I'm, I'm pretty open, but in agreeableness. So agreeableness breaks down to compassion and politeness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> polite. You're like, <laughs> not, not so polite. Yeah. So I'm higher than average in compassion. I think I'm, I can't remember. I was like 68th percentile or something like that, but my politeness score was like seven or 8%. Yeah. Whereas I think you also have like in the middle or higher on compassion, but you're also pretty high in politeness. So that's a place where we definitely differ. Yeah. So how does that play into our marriage? So I would say often in our marriage, we have ran up against our differences. And I think what it first presents is like, they're just being a jerk or they're just, like ruining my life. Like, why is this person doing that? I think after like understanding our personalities and just where we both come from, there has really been like a grace to like, see like you're acting, you're acting or doing or whatever I am acting or doing or whatever out of an internal motivation that is so natural. We don't even really think about it until someone points it out to us. And so I feel like in marriage, like when you can understand those things, 
it takes a lot of the heat out of the anger or the frustration when you run up against those differences. Yeah. Well, I mean, so politeness is one of those things that has shown up in our, in our fights in the way in which we fight in that. So politeness is not necessarily about like following social norms. It's about your willingness to tell the truth in spite of how it might make somebody feel or the other way around would be your willingness to protect somebody's emotions, even when it requires you to kind of like not be as blunt. Right. So that, that would be the most generous way of talking about the two extremes of the spectrum. Um, and that's us. (laughs) Like I am way more likely to say what I think is true, no matter how it might make you feel. And you're way more likely to try and protect my feelings or other people's feelings um, even if you have to um, stretch it a little, <laughs> well, just like, like not say something right. or, you yeah. know what I mean? Cause you're, you're not a dishonest person, but you will avoid saying things yeah. that sometimes maybe you should say. And I will say things that maybe sometimes I shouldn't. Right. Um, and I think that shows up probably more in our fighting, um, than anywhere else. And yeah, like we've had to figure that out, how to, how to, like for you to be comfortable saying things that you feel or think um, even when you don't want to because you might hurt me or you're you're worried that it might come across a certain way. Um, that's something you've had to work on and I've had to understand about you. But the flip side is true as well that I know it's probably been hard for you to see some of the ways that I act that just come across to you as, you know, like I'm being a jerk. But what's motivating me is to like be as accurate and honest as possible in the midst of a situation without concern for emotions. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have anything to add. Well, I just feel like in marriage, any of those tools that you can gather along the way Mm. that help you do that, you want that because yeah, it just, it no longer makes it like he's a jerk or she's a jerk. It's like you just have a deeper understanding. Yeah. So, well, we had a fight this morning that it's not about um, politeness, but it was about, it was actually about openness. Well, we fought about a few things this morning. <laughs> I was thinking specifically of, um, so you had, you, we were talking about going on a trip. So that's kind of yeah. what, and one of the things that you said is that, <clears throat> and I don't remember the specific details now, but that you, you said that, you feel like it's something that I don't want to do. And that when you bring it up often the way that I respond makes you feel like I just don't want to do these things with you. And what I, and then we talk through the fact that it's not that I don't want to do them. It's that like you're asking me to make a plan without actually going through the brainstorming phase. Right. Right. So you're like, I have an idea. Let's make a plan. Agree to my plan. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. There's like this whole phase where we like dream about what we might do. That's really important to me. And we can't just jump to a plan until we've thought through like, maybe there's 12 other plans we should evaluate and find a better one first. Well, but I've already done that. Oh yeah. Right. All the dreaming. Right. I've already (laughs) done that. I've decided what is good for us. And so let's just do this. Why won't you sign off on it? Right. But you were hearing me saying, I don't want to do that with you when what I was actually saying, and this was something you were pointing out over the years that is something you felt. Um, but that I, and then I was saying, well, no, it's not that I don't want to do these things with you. It's that I would like to plan them together or dream together before we make a plan. Right. Um, but to your point, you brought up like having tools. 
I don't know how you felt about our fight this morning. I actually felt like it was not a bad fight. Oh, it wasn't bad. I mean, we've had way worse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it was a fight. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah. Nobody yelled. Nobody yelled. Yeah. For the record, nobody yelled or cursed. Yeah. So, but I think, like, that's why I brought it up is because I think part of what was super helpful this morning is that we had language around personality and understanding of each other that's come through some of those tools that really helped us to have a conversation about something that both of us had strong emotions and you had some degree of like hurt over the way that you felt like I was treating you over the years around it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But we were able to talk through that because we had some tools and, and didn't really lead to a bad fight. And I think led to some resolution. Yeah, no, I would say that the person understanding the personality that tool has been, I mean, probably my most used tool in my tool belt of marriage is <laughs> that. Is it really? You know what my most used tool is? What? Laughter. Laughter, yeah. 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 We use, we use that a lot. We do. If you can laugh at yourself and at each other and at your marriage, that helps a ton. For sure. Yeah. But, yeah, understanding is good, too. Yes, it is. Yeah. So... Now that we solve that, what's next? <laughs> well, so what are some of the, um, well, yeah, before we even get to that, I know you had, you had said one of the things that you really felt was important to talk about was just the kind of like the purpose of marriage or the essence of marriage and some of the ways that maybe our culture sees it wrong. Yeah. Again, our trip. Uh, I think, well, it was our 20 year anniversary, so it felt like a milestone. There was lots of evaluation and reflection going on in my head while we're spending this time together. <laughs> Am I glad I spent the last 20 years with this buffoon? Well, maybe no. you didn't say buffoon, but you've you're not it. a buffoon, but, but like, I don't know. I like to think through things that way. I like yeah. to reflect on stuff. Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's one of the ways we're different. I know. <laughs> you like to reflect on the past. I'm stuck in the future. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, just really, I felt like feeling like we're spending this trip with each other. And I really do know you. Mm. I feel like you, we really have given ourselves to that. There haven't been things that we've withheld. Like, there's a lot of trust. And there really is that, like, willingness to figure each other out and the willingness to be vulnerable and be... Um, understood or poked and prodded and you know under the microscope and so in that I would I thought about marriage and just that I don't know we were 22 years old when we got married like what did I think marriage was going to be like what was the and you were just a really great guy that made me happy like I had fun with you I got married because we were having fun right um sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on but yeah, like we were having fun. And so... That was back when I had abs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was fun. Um, yeah, just thinking that I wanted to get married, and I feel like our culture often convinces people that we get married to make us happy. Yeah. And that, you know, you find somebody that, you know, makes you happy, and you guys get married and live happily ever after. Except that... During that trip, I realized, like, 
I have had happiness during our marriage. Lots of lots of moments of happiness, lots of moments of joy. But that really isn't the point of it. And like I would say the point of it is more that 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 shared journey of being known and knowing someone. And yeah, I I think about how when you don't know the right goal of something, you don't know what you're working towards. And so if we're working towards happiness, then what do you do when you're 10 years in and you find that this person does not make me happy anymore? I don't want to be with them. And I mean, we've had those moments. (laughs) So describe that. So it's good that we didn't go on the happiness model of uh, marriage success. You can tell this story. I always tell this story. I want to hear your version of it. I'll correct you after you tell it. Oh. Well, I won't, I won't get it wrong. So what are you talking about? All right, so tell it. Uh, yeah, I think we came to plant a church in Buffalo. We were married like five years. Mm-hmm. Had two kids, one two and a half, one eight months old. Uh, left all sense of like community support, whatever, behind to do this church plant. And I would say less than a year in, really realized that we didn't really like each other anymore. Yeah. And I remember in my mind having this, like, again, reflection, like, what is going on of, like, I always thought people that got divorced were quitters. Now I know why they do it. Like, they're just in a sucky place and they don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like it happened to both of us along the same time, right? Yeah, what was the essence of why you didn't like me? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Did have I told you that? I don't know. I think so, yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, I feel like there were a few things. So some of it was we just both had a lot of stress and yeah. weren't getting to spend time together. And so all of our interaction was, you know, problem solving around kids or schedule or church stuff. Right. No, I would, I would agree with that. And so most of our interactions were not, um, I mean, it wasn't like we were throwing stuff at each other or cursing at each other or anything or even yelling at each other all the time, but it just like, there weren't a lot of positive, joyful interactions. Um, I mean, I think even, you know, we we're we're okay talking about sex on this podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) I think there were like, that was probably the beginning of us starting to have problems with our sex life too. Um, so that also wasn't necessarily like great. Um, you also had like some, I don't know if you call them health problems, but like health problems connected to your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there just was a lot of stress and there wasn't really a lot of connection between the two of us. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. So it was like, well, you don't make me happy. In fact, like I'm stressed and lonely a lot. Yeah. And you're supposed to be my partner. And we both felt that way. Yeah. And I think also probably the first five years of our marriage were really easy too. Right. It had been very different. Like we had a really great sense of community, you know, four or five other young married couples who were like friends that we were doing life with. We had a really great church. We had your parents. Like, yeah, we just had a lot of support for our marriage too. And I mean, I think you would agree with this. I, I think we've both said this over the years that both of us had 
some really good habits built into our marriage that we didn't build up just simply because I think your parents and my parents actually have pretty healthy marriages. Yeah. And so we had observed that growing up um, and had internalized some, again, some healthy habits about marriage that we didn't have to build ourselves. We just, so it made marriage easier. But we also did not develop the habit of working on our marriage. Right. And that was, you know, at that point, a year in in Buffalo, whatever year, year and a half in, we had a decision to make. Yeah, for sure. How did that decision turn out? <laughs> so, well, we're married. Right. <laughs> turned out pretty good, I think. We did decide to work on our marriage. Yeah, we did. Uh, I mean, the way I remember, I feel like it was a few years of... Yes. Like work. Yes. And like deciding like, all right, divorce isn't an option and being in a loveless marriage isn't an option. So yeah. yeah, Like how do I love my spouse? Yeah. And I think for both of us, we've, I mean, you've said this, I've said this, like it really took us like looking past ourselves of like, and asking those questions of like, okay, how do I love my wife? How do I love my husband? Yeah. And and stop looking at ourselves of like, I'm just not happy or you're just not meeting my needs. Right. And I feel like it was years of not doing that perfectly, but right. practicing that and realizing that that was the point. Yeah, for sure. So. And I mean, even like working on, so yes, I agree with everything you just said, but also I think one of the things that really came out of that too was us being way more intentional about things like having dates and talking about, you know, like building in just some better habits of, of, of life together. Yeah. Which again, that, that was a really hard season, not just because we were figuring things out as a married couple, but there was just a lot of, a lot going on in our lives at that time. No, I would say that's a nugget that you and I have learned is date night. Date night should never be optional. Yeah, right. It should just be a discipline in your marriage. Yeah. Even if you can't afford a babysitter and you just have to walk around the block and make a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. Like put your kids in a stroller. <laughs> Call it a date. Yeah. But connect. Yeah. Well, so, man, I don't know. We could go a lot of different directions from here, but um, what are some of the like the things that are, I guess, like challenges to marriage or hard, hard things about marriage. And I mean, you could answer this generically for people in general, or you can answer it for us. I guess we could do both. Yeah. I mean, I think when we went to marriage counseling, <laughs> we had a great, sweet little, she was, she was nice, uh, pastor that married us. And, and this stuck with you. It did. Right. Like I have, continued to ask like how are these three things but it also was the essence of the the premarital counseling and it wasn't exactly okay wait little plug right so when people when should people go through premarital counseling Uh, before there's a ring and a date hands down and you're thinking if i was gonna say might i want to spend my life with this person right if and the important one of those two is the date yeah. Right. So it should, I really think, I agree with you that premarital counseling should take place before there is a ring and before there is a date. But if you're going to, if you're going to pick one, you can buy the ring and put it on her finger and then get premarital counseling before you set a date. 
Right. But really, you should do it before you buy the ring. For sure. So why? Why is that important? So what if you figure out something <laughs> that makes it difficult to cancel your plans? So you're saying you should test drive the car before you buy it? Yeah. Well, who's the car? Come on. Well, yeah, that, that probably actually sounds bad, really bad. Bad, bad metaphor. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we're not going to erase that. So if you heard that metaphor and you're you're horrified and shocked, well, um, it's okay. pick Steve a different didn't metaphor. didn't mean that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. What I meant is like, figure it out. No. Then I, decide. Right. So, it, yeah, it's. Yeah, I just I just think it's it's smart because there are things that can that you can talk with talk through in premarital counseling and figure out, oh my gosh, like we're way different in this and it might be a deal breaker. We should give a couple of examples. I mean, I think, so these are two examples that have different results. Oh no, I'm I'm not going to name names. I know you won't name names. For the record, for those of you guys that are listening, my wife just gave me a dirty look. No, it wasn't dirty. Well, I don't know what that was. It was a look though. (laughs) It was an extreme facial expression with no noise. Okay. <laughs> it was your fear and anxiety around me making some sort of strange Blunder. story. Um, so yeah, there was a couple that we did premarital counseling with and we had the conversation with them about really like the purpose of marriage and that marriage is a commitment that, you know, when you wake up one morning and you don't like each other anymore and don't love each other, that you're going to work through it. Um, and we had that conversation with them and they they called off their wedding. They called off their relationship for like a couple of months to kind of like reevaluate. But then they came back together and got married um, and had, I think some like a really healthy relationship that came out of that. Um, Right. So that's one example. And then the other example is, you know, there was a a couple that we did premarital counseling with where um, they just had completely opposite visions of the kind of life that they wanted to have. Um, you know, one of them felt called into ministry and the other one was like, no, that's not in the cards. And they, and, and we, we encouraged them. We said, this is something we really think you guys need to figure out before you get married. But they already had a date set, already had a ring. And both of them said, we don't want to figure it out. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go ahead and get married and trust that it's okay. And I don't know that that was the issue, but that, they, they had issues in, in their marriage and that was certainly a part of it. You know, that unwillingness to work things out that are like deal breakers before you get married. Yeah. And I think sometimes like I have said this to young girls before of like, have a list of like your non-negotiables because you're going to meet a handsome boy. And like, if you don't know what those things are, yeah. like, then it's it's easy to be swayed by fun and you know a good time and a cute boy or a cute girl or whatever but that was my plan right <laughs> so yeah anyway back to have a list so okay the, uh, i'm curious what you think about this though how long should that list be oh i don't know well I guess it depends on like what color his hair is and what color his eyes are well, and how big his wallet is. Qualify and as non-negotiables. Well, right. So right. That's what I would asking. say more like uh, must want kids. <laughs> if you want kids, must not want kids. If you don't want kids, like things that are going to make it really hard to have a shared life, a shared journey. So yeah, 
But. So things like I want to marry somebody who has a passion for the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. No. So it doesn't necessarily need to be a long list, but it right. needs to be those things that really are for you what your life is about. Yeah. No. That's right. good. I agree. You agree. Okay. <laughs> well, so so we were going to talk a bit, though, about, um, I, I, I took us on a digression, but what are some of the the challenges to marriage? And you talked about the premarital counseling because you brought it up because she, she told us the three things couples fight about. Right. The three things couples fight about are sex, money, and kids. And, and she asked us. She's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Those are common, yes. uh, common fights in marriage. Sources of conflict i would add though like she missed she probably missed the biggest one which is communication, communication. Yeah. yeah because communication itself is a source of fighting well and that's like the overlay of all of them right, right? like you don't fight about actual dollars you fight about the way that you're not communicating about how it's spent or how it's earned right and you don't fight about you know actual children it's more about no you fight about actual children well, but isn't and it? And you fight about actual money. But yes, you're right. You do fight about how you fight about it too. Right. And you fight about the communication and lack of or miscommunication causes fights. For sure. So, yeah, I don't know. We should talk about, I mean, I think you and I have done very little fighting about money. We've done some fighting about kids. And I think the biggest fights in our marriage, well, there are other topics too, but of those three were around sex. Um, but it's probably worth talking about how, and I mean, maybe even, I think money is one of those places where it's actually been easy for us to be unified yeah. and that's been a strength in our marriage. Um, but also we've seen other people who, for whom it's a, it's a real problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have seen people over the years where, you know, two people have very different sets of values around finances and they just make independent decisions without <laughs> even checking in with each. I mean, it's really bizarre to see that. Um, and that, that causes huge problems when people are, you know, well, I'm just going to go purchase this. Well, I'm just going to go get this job. Well, I'm just going to go quit this job. Right. And it's like, it's like wild to see people do that without actually making that kind of a decision with their partner. Yeah. Um, but for us, I mean, what are some of the things that I don't know for you when it comes to the way we handle money together? I don't necessarily mean like our budget so or something like I that. I would say like tools that I feel like along the way, I would say that the way that you and I do, um, a, like we talk through a budget, but then I think a lot of couples do that, right? Like they talk through the budget, but then when it comes to the individual spending, like, I feel like, I feel like it's super brilliant to say like, okay, Steve, here's your cash budget. Here's Tammy's cash budget. I don't really care how you spend it. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like, well, I saw the debit card and you bought a coffee. Why'd you buy a coffee yesterday? Or like any kind of like that. I feel like yeah. it just, I don't know. It's, it's an easy source. Well, I conflict. really appreciate that you let me have $5 a month to spend however <laughs> I want. Well, <laughs> what can I say? I'm so generous. <laughs> It's not actually five dollars uh, a month, and we agreed on the number, and no, we agreed and on. And we talked yeah, about right. it. I'm just the one that gets it out of the bank. That's it. Um, well, but yeah. So there was a young girl at work that uh, was talking the other day, and she was 
she was just saying that like her husband told her, hey, if you want to, if you don't stop with the Amazon, you're going to go back to work full time because <laughs> like you need to stop with the Amazon. And she's like, I just love Amazon though. <laughs> but I was like, man. And she, she said like, I know that a lot of couples fight about money and I like, it was like a lighthearted discussion. She's like, I don't know what to do. Like I just see stuff on Amazon that I think is so great. And I was thinking later when I came home, like, yeah, I should have said like, hey, you and your husband should talk about what your Amazon budget should be. And then he doesn't care what you're buying as long as you're in the budget. And so, yeah, like I I feel like that's a real easy example of how communication can help. Yes. That's what, that's what I was going to say. I was interrupting you to tell you you're right. To, to communicate with me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's okay. But I think that's the point, though, is that, you know, we've really tried, and I think around our finances, we have largely succeeded in making all decisions together so that they're not Tammy decisions or Steve decisions. They're our, they're our decisions. Um, you know, even around, hey, this is an amount of money that we're going to delegate to Tammy to spend however she wants on whatever she wants this is an amount that we're going to delegate to Steve to do the same thing. Like those are our, but that decision was made together. Yeah. And all of our big and small decisions around, you know, buying a house or where we shop for clothes or what our Mm -hmm. standard is for how we eat or how often we cars, right. All that stuff. We all that stuff. We've made those decisions together. Yeah. I think that's been easy though. I think that was one of the things that our parents modeled for us. Yeah. And did well together. Yeah. So we should talk kids. That's, that was, I think we've done okay with kids. Yeah. Like I think overall I'd give us a, a good grade in terms of how we, we've done B. I'm not even talking about parenting. I'm just talking about being on the same page. Oh about no, parenting. parenting, the verdict's still out. Right. We don't, we never know until they come back and tell us. Right. But in terms of how we've communicated with each other and how much we fought about the kids. Yeah. I think we get a B. Yeah. But what, it, what has been hard about that and where have some of the fights been? From your perspective? Well, I feel like it's that personality differences that right. also come up in parenting that I've seen in us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of want everybody to be happy all the time, and I'm willing to go to great lengths mm-hmm. to to do that with everybody. Whereas I want to make sure that they know the truth, and I don't really care how it makes them feel. <laughs> Would you say that that's accurate? Yeah, I yeah. mean that I that happened today, right? With one of our children, it's so. Mm, I think you were right, and I was wrong. Oh, well, I'm glad we're having this conversation, <laughs> so, so I get my uh, little kudos to me. Uh, I don't uh. know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jury's still out, but I I think if I had to lay a bet, you were right, and I was wrong. Well, I don't know, but I I do think that that's like with kids that has been it's been our difference in personality because I do feel like that's true I feel like we've had those conversations which hopefully people do have I feel like it's super important to have in marriage of like what are the things that are important for discipline or in your character of your kids or you know no I agree I think we largely are in complete agreement around kind of like philosophy and values but yeah, you're right that it is more about temperament that we parent in some different ways or we lean in some different ways. And sometimes we have fights about that or have to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, I, not, not so much now, but when the kids were little, the whole um, kind of like exposure to danger 
yeah. was definitely one of those things where you leaned much more. I mean, these are, it's normal for moms and dads to kind of lean this way. It's stereotypical, but stereotypically true that you're more nurturing and I'm more, you know, <laughs> go get out in the world and experience it. Um, right. And that was sometimes things we had to fight about. Yeah. But I also think with kids, like the thing that you can, the, the stress that kids bring is definitely those kind of like parenting styles, personality styles. But it, then it's also just the drain on the human yeah. of like, okay, like, I don't even know if I have time to connect with you as a husband right. because every aspect of me is being like, you know, these little people need things often. And yeah. so I think it's just that too, like the, why people would fight about kids is just um, the constantness of child rearing. Like when you, when you yeah. make that decision to have kids, like, they don't go eight to five. They go. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like all the time, and so, and that's good. Right. It's a really beautiful thing, but it does definitely play into your marriage and how much time you give to each other, how much patience you have with each other because of. Right. So. Yeah, for sure. I guess um, one of the things that we have we have not all we've not succeeded at this a hundred percent, but one of the things that we've attempted to do is. Um, just that we're always on the same page. Like jokingly, we would say it's the two of us against the kids. Yeah. Um, which they find is, ways around that though. <laughs> they do. Well, that's why it has to be something they could set out loud. And they have to know that you know. Uh, like, oh no, it's the two of us against the three of you. Like yeah. that's how this works. Um, and I mean, again, I would never actually say that. Like, you know, I, I would only say that to our kids jokingly. Right. And I, our kids know that we're on the same pages or on the same team as they are. But just that when it comes to discipline or decisions or um, I mean, it hasn't been as big of an issue as the kids have gotten older, but when they were younger, they would actually get punished for, you know, if they came and asked me for permission or, you know, Hey, can I do this? Or dad, can I have that? And I said yes or no or whatever and found out that they had already asked you before they came and talked to me, they would get in trouble for that. Right. Like you don't get to go ask mom. Mom gives you the answer you don't like. And then you come and ask dad, you're automatically in trouble no matter what. That just is not acceptable. Yeah. Um, and that we tried really hard to make sure that, you know, if one of us made a decision, the other one would back it up. Even if we didn't like it, we would back it up and then go talk about it later. Or we would take time to get on the same page and then present our decision to the children. Present our decision. Very yeah. rationally and calmly. Right. <laughs> Without any crying or hysteria. There was usually a little bit of hysteria. <laughs> well, this isn't the, this isn't the parenting podcast, so we can, we can talk about that maybe some other time, <clears throat> tell stories about crying children. Right. I don't know. Is there anything more to talk about with what, like how, how we've tried to communicate with each other around kids? So no, I just, I just would go back to the fact that like. Yeah, just that your marriage changes when you when you have kids and mm -hmm. and and recognizing that and adapting to that and yes. then also still like again why date night might be super important. It goes from important to essential. Yeah. So Yeah. I mean really, so this was something that I don't know where I heard this or you heard this or but just that you know, obviously when you go from single to married, 
like your life really changes because now for the first time in your life, you have somebody else that you have to actually consider when you make decisions. But they don't need you to wipe their butt or feed them. (laughs) So then your life changes again radically when you have a child because now you've got a human being that is literally dependent on you for life or death. And whenever they're hungry, you have to be present to feed them. Whenever they're, you know, you have to manage everything for them. So your life has changed completely. But when you only have one, they do sleep. So you get to like still have that marriage, you know, but then you have two and then your life changes again because now you no longer get the sleep time because they never sleep at the same time for like the first couple of years. So, uh, but then when you have three, it changes again because it goes from that, like you can play man, man to man defense when you have two of them to there's, there's a group of them now, like they outnumber us and there's no real way to do anything other than it's like zone defense all the time. Yeah. And then the theory goes, we never tried it. We yeah, can't tell the theory that from three to 20 is the same, that there's no difference from three to 20, which we didn't have the, the, the courage, yeah. Yeah, the, the fortitude to test the theory out and go for four. We stopped at three, but what, do you remember where we heard that? No, I don't. Yeah. But, but every single step of that theory has proven true for us. For sure. We just didn't test the fourth part. Yeah. So if you're out there listening to this and you have 20 kids, Please send us an email and yeah, let us know. Let us know how it went. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, all right. We should talk sex. All right. You look really excited to talk about sex. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you, all right. Cool. Well, so this was probably, I mean, there's some other things that we fought about. Like we fought about communication. We fought about chores, but probably the thing that we fought about the most is sex. Yeah. You say that's true. Yeah, I would say sex and chores, they're close tie. <laughs> that gives you an indicator of some interesting dynamics in our household. <laughs> I don't think we're alone in that. No, yeah, right. No, I think I lots think of people common. fight about sex. And, and I mean, the interesting thing about chores is that that's not unique to marriage. That's just like a roommate thing. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. We're roommates as well as lovers. <laughs> yeah. <It's> supposed to be. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, that is what marriage is, right? Your roommates, business partners, lovers, co-parenting, you're doing, you know, best friends. It's all that rolled into one. Yeah. Well, so what, um, I mean, from your perspective, what was the essence of some of the fights that we had around sex? Well, I think our different personalities played out in that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know how... I'm supposed to get, but it boils down to like, this is no, no R rated conversation. (laughs) That's how explicit, definitely no X. I think different expectations, like as far as like, um, yeah, sex drives in people, there was different expectations for us. So, I mean, there's probably other places, like if we were talking about sex more specifically, there's other things we could talk about, but in terms of within the context of marriage and something that we fought about, I think it was all about that. Yeah. Like how, and, and that wasn't so much a fight early on in marriage. Um, but after our lives got stressful, after we had kids, after we moved to Buffalo, um, even again, I think some of the health stuff that happened, you going back to work, like all of that ended up being like a big driver in the fact that we both had different, different, desires for how often we were having sex and that ended up feeling a lot like it put a lot of pressure on you yeah and it 
like made me feel a lot of rejection. Yeah. And both of those things were really, really hard. And that turned into, and I think we also, because we didn't want to fight about sex because it feels petty to fight about sex. We didn't end up talking about it in ways that probably would have been really helpful for us to talk about. Would you oh, say yeah. that that's fair? No, I feel like that's one of the also nuggets. I feel like if I could go back and tell my younger self, right, I would say, hey, Steve and Tammy, go get marriage counseling earlier. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Like, why wait? Yeah, and for so, sure. Yeah, because I do feel like talking with a marriage counselor about, we talked about sex and chores um, right. and some other things. I felt like it was super helpful. And now there's no longer these like landmines in our marriage that we both tiptoe around. No, that's true. Like we can talk about it. We can ask hard questions about it. We can laugh about it. We can share some of the things that we've learned about it. Right. But. Which we couldn't do most of those things. I mean, there was no laughing. There was no teasing about sex. We could tease each other about kids or communication or some of the things that we'd fought about but not about sex yeah. or chores actually. Right. Which was an indicator that they were, <laughs> there was a problem there. If you can't tease there, each other about it. There is a spot right there. If you push that button, we're both imploding. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't touch that button. Right. No. Yeah. That's actually really good. Um, I never thought about that before, but that's really good marital advice. If there is a topic that you can't tease your partner about, or they can't tease you about without it getting, you know, hurtful, hurtful, like hurtful, yeah. Then that's an indicator that that's an area that you need help. You yeah. need to figure it out. No, yeah. that's good. And I mean, I feel like when I look back at those times, really, I do get that picture of a landmine of like, there's this geographical area that we just both kind of walk around the outside edge of. Yeah. And that that was really how we dealt with. I mean, both you and I, I feel like we just we want to have fun. And we want to right. enjoy life. And so if you walk that way, you're not going to enjoy life. So neither of us walked that way right. for a lot of years. Well, and that's a blind spot in, that we share. Like that's yeah. a blind spot in my temperament. That's also a blind spot in your temperament. Yeah. And that's a shared blind spot in our marriage is that we both are prone to not doing emotionally difficult things yeah. or, or painful things, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think as far as sex, I would say I would love to take, I would love for people to, to know that it's super common to fight about it. And it's super common to fight about it when, like, I feel like what happened to us, like, just like other things come pull at you, whether it's work or kids or, you know, (laughs) finances or there, there can be all these other things outside pressures. And then I do feel like also like our personalities again played into that. Whereas like you're more extroverted, I'm more introverted for you. Like sex was a way of connecting, soothing, comforting. And for me, it was like, are you kidding? I just want to be away from people. Right. Stress made you less likely to want to have sex and it made me more likely. to. Right. So that was bad. (laughs) Right. Yes, that was bad. Uh, but I felt like, yeah, like we were able to talk through that with some outside help. And Took a while, though. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I don't remember exactly how long things were that way, but I remember, you know, it had been a year or two of me being mad at you. 
about yeah. this when it clicked. Oh, like I'm mad at her over this issue. I'm angry. Um, and you know, at that point it was like, well, I have a decision to make. Cause I knew you weren't like, you weren't doing something to me to hurt me, you know, but emotionally I was feeling that way. And I had to decide, you know, is it okay that I'm mad at my wife? No, it's not. It's not okay that I'm mad at my wife over what's going on in our sex life. And you know, that was a big decision for me to decide that I wasn't going to just perceive the whole thing as like Tammy's being, you know, she's maligning me or, or uh, that's not the right word, but like she's treating me unjustly in our marriage. And cause that wasn't what was happening, but it definitely was hard for both of us. And it really was helpful to have other people to help, help us talk about that. Yeah. Hmm. All right. What else are we talking about? What about the good stuff? We've already talked about some of that, but yeah. What are, what are, why, why, why do you love being married to me? Oh, <laughs> let me count the ways. <laughs> oh, so I would say that feeling of partnership mm. where, where when you feel like there's like an overwhelming thing or a big thing, and you know that you have someone that will walk with you in it, mm. that that's worth all the hardship. Like not it, like having that kind of companionship or that kind of connection, um, where you just know that you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. Like I feel like that. That's like really the essence of marriage. Like you get to do right. it with someone. Like you know. So. I would say some of those points. I think the shared life, like for me, it's super meaningful to have joined my life with you. But then also we have these three creatures that we're raising that are like part you, part me, right? part themselves. right? And it all comes out sometimes. And like that all feels significant and like mm-hmm. meaningful and yeah. good. I, so I would agree 100%. That might even be the biggest thing. But another thing that really comes along with it is the ways in which we um, th- are different, like different, uh, just the differentness about each of us. It's So I want to I say the way in which we complement each other, but it's not all complimenting. Like a lot of it is, I think. And in some ways I would say like, that. Like, oh, my hair looks good. Is that what you mean? No, 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 no. Okay, no. maybe you should elaborate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, your hair does look good. Though. Thanks. What, what have you cut it recently? So is yours. <laughs> I, I did shave mine recently. <clears throat> I do like your hair, even if I don't always notice when you get it cut. Um, but no, I meant like compliment each other in the sense of, you know, you have strengths that I lack and I have strengths that you lack, right. things like that. But it's not just about that. It's even because sometimes it's the ways in which you drive me nuts or I drive you nuts that also I think are a part of what I appreciate about marriage that we are different from each other, not just different in that you're not me and I'm not you, but in that you think differently and act differently and have different, some different values and definitely different temperaments and different wiring than I do. And, um, that, so if we're going to be a team, that means we've got way more to bring to the table than if it was just me or just you or even two people like me or two people like you. 
we've got way more to offer um, towards the life that we're pursuing and the work that we do and, you know, raising kids and all of that. Um, but then also, man, it just broadens your experience to be married to somebody who's different. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of things that I've learned from being married to you that I wouldn't have learned any other way. Yeah. And I like that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else? What are some of the other good things about, I mean, I, I agree. I think you named them already. I think the companionship, that kind of like whatever you want to call that, complimenting each other, having kids, raising kids together, but just having, I mean, making kids and being a parent, it's incredibly rewarding. I don't know. Anything else? Well, we're not done with marriage yet, so maybe in another 20 years we'll have <laughs> better insight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That. So I guess another thing I would say, and it, it points to that, what I think is more of the purpose of being marriage is that like in our culture, I do feel like there's like the, it's the cheapening of relationship, right? You want to, you're really living when you have lots of relationships, you know, romantic relationships with oh, people. Yeah. Right. And just that. That's not relationship. That's sex. Yeah. But like, I mean, that is propped up as like, you know, don't get a ball and chain. Just, you know, be free to be you and do mm -hmm. all those things. And um, yeah, just that I would say that that feeling of like being with someone who really knows you and like for me I've I've had that realization that like there are things that you know about me better than I know them about myself mm -hmm. and I feel like you've experienced that too like <laughs> right like yes. oh wow like there's I, probably like 20 people that know me better than I know myself but you right. know me the best right but just that like I, feel I surprise like, myself when I look in the mirror <laughs> who is that guy <laughs> I feel like that's one of the really great things about being married is yeah. like having someone who knows you that well of like, right. you know, whether it's like a bad day, like, you know, questioning everything about yourself, everything, whatever. And to have someone be able to step in and say like, no, I know this about you. And, you know, well, and so not only in marriage, do you have somebody that knows you really well, but you have somebody that knows you really well and is committed to you as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, all the dirt and you're not going anywhere. Yeah. So it's good. Right. You're not going anywhere. Not right now. Good. Cause I got some dirt I want to share. <laughs> <laughs> Don't share my dirt. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Hmm. Well, I'm trying to think the, what were some of the questions we said we were going to talk about? Mm. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the purpose some stories. I think we covered everything we wanted to cover. Where do you see God at work in our marriage? I don't know. Where do you, you start. <laughs> <laughs> Not cause I don't see it just cause I feel put on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I could answer that a couple, a couple of different ways, but one of the things that I really feel like is, is something we've already said. Like, I feel like God has used you to shape my character mm -hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. Um, 
that comes out of that, like us just being different people, but even, even just you being another person that I'm committed to sharing life with. And, um, you know, that God has used that to really shape and form me. Um, and, um, I think that's, that's a place where God definitely has been in our marriage. I think also, you know, God called us to some specific things, you know, yeah. to leave California and move to Buffalo, to plant a church, to get involved in pastoral ministry. Um, you know, like those are some of the big ones, but even like to be on the West side and, and those are decisions that you and I together made, um, out of what we felt like God was saying to us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I think those are things that I would point out too. I guess mm-hmm. those are more, no, no, those, I mean, I'm talking about ministry and work, but like, that is what, like, that's our life. You know, that's our marriage. Well, I think if I, I wouldn't say just what God is doing in our marriage, but when I look at marriage and I think about our relationship and other relationships, I feel like we have been handed a healthy legacy of marriage with Mm. our parents and then also Pastor Mike and Nancy and, you know, those five couples that we were yeah. a part of a small group with in Reading and just that they're all still married. And just, I do feel like this, uh, I don't know, like that God is in that and, and not that we have all this stuff to hand down, but just that like if we can be married well and like press into the hard things push through, like celebrate, like we have the opportunity to pass along something Mm -hmm. like both to our kids, maybe to other people around us. Like, I don't know, just that I do feel like there's something that God is doing in that. Yeah. And just, yeah, like I feel like God in God wants healthy marriages, like healthy marriages impact the world and they impact our children. They impact our neighborhoods. They impact our church communities, our workplace, you know? And so like, I definitely hope that like, as we press into what God is doing in us as individuals, in us as a married couple, um, that there would be stuff that we would, our cup would flow out and, and, yeah, I don't know. But. I was just, when you said all that, I was thinking, I don't remember the kid who said it to you, but there was one of the neighborhood kids um, that asked you if all three of your kids were from the same dad. You remember that? Yeah. Who? It was Hector. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. He said, they're all Steve's. <laughs> I said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I guess if I had to recap things like nuggets that I feel like I would say like not not nuggets that I don't know just I feel like what I would have wanted to hear in marriage is like go to counseling have a date night um communicate and make sure you're on the same page with things yeah um and also the personality stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Figure out personality stuff. Don't do it alone. Do it with people. 
have people in your life and in your marriage who are going to remind you that. You know what? That's something worth. Maybe maybe that's where we can end is just talking about the importance of because I mean counseling is important because the counselors have tools that other people don't have and those tools are helpful, right? These right. are people who got some professional training to help you have a conversation <laughs> about marriage and like that's worthwhile. Um, and I mean even pastors like pastors have some training too. Pastors and counselors are different. A pastor is somebody who does their work within the context of relationship, whereas a counselor is somebody that has that like clinical distance. Both of those are important, but I think I like I wanted to hone in more specifically on the importance of community for a healthy marriage, which you and I would both say, yes, it's very important that you as a married couple are a part of community together because that shapes your marriage in healthy ways. But how would you say that it does? Well, I would say probably just practically in my own in our marriage, like the darkest time in our marriage was when we left all of our community and support yeah. and had nobody to help us do it. Yeah. And so, but then I feel like there's all these things that we believe like about our marriage sometimes when we keep it hidden, like, you know, we're going through stuff that nobody else is going through or, you know, the fights that we have are uglier than anybody else's or, and so when you actually have people where like, I mean, we lived with Matt and Jessica, we both saw each other's marriage. And I mean, there was some comfort in knowing, Oh yeah, they're going at it too. Like just knowing that it normalizes the struggle. And I feel like that can be really helpful sometimes. And then also like, know like I feel like you you would say this too like the role of having people in your life who are for your marriage who remind you when you're yes. not for your marriage to be for your marriage oh man and this then, is really good advice like I feel like that I I mean I know Kristen I have called her and said I just really don't like him and <laughs> I'm super upset and like she totally listens and at the end is like yeah, but Steve's a great guy. And she's not saying it because she's fake. She's saying it because she knows you and she loves you and yeah. like vice versa. I'm sure you have people that right. hopefully will remind you like, actually, she's a good wife. She might be a little crazy, but yeah, you know. Well, and I mean, just to clarify, clearly state what you're talking about, because um, I think it's, it is, this is profoundly important marriage advice. I don't even know where we got it, but we learned it from somewhere <laughs> and has proven true and the all all the the opposite is also proven true we've seen people reject this marriage advice and it's really damaged their marriage and the advice is only talk to people about your marriage who are on the side of your marriage don't talk to people about your marriage who are on your side against your spouse don't ever do that which yeah. means you know it's going to be really hard for you to talk to your family like that cuz your your family is going to be on your side not your spouse's side and, you know, so pr like protect your marriage. And of course, you, you know, we spent the whole podcast talking about how important it is to have other people help you with your marriage, but make sure that those are people who aren't going to take one spouse's side against the other, but rather are going to take the side of the healthy marriage. Yeah. And we've seen the opposite. We've seen people essentially go to their family with all of the things that are frustrating to them about their spouse. And now their family hates their spouse. <laughs> it's like, well, why'd you do that? That wasn't smart. It's not a good idea. <laughs> right. It's not a plan. Or we've seen people go to a, you know, it's like, you know, 
woman's having trouble in marriage and she keeps going to her girlfriends for like, leave that jerk. Right. It feels good in the moment. Right. But you're not probably going to stay married if that's like the advice you're getting. Yep. Yes. We done? Sure. I love you. I love you too. I love being married to you. Oh. I'm going to make you (laughs) live up to that. Okay. 242 is a podcast from Buffalo Vineyard Church in Buffalo, New York. Our mission is to teach people the way of King Jesus by regularly encountering God, training each other in the faith, and effectively serving our neighbors. This podcast is just one of the many ways we work to realize this. If you'd like to learn more about who we are or get in touch, visit us at buffalovineyard.org. Our theme music is Face to Face from Vineyard Worship. Thank you for listening.